Welcome to the Liberty Podcast with your host, Pastor Robert Maxey, Senior Pastor of Liberty Church of Baton Rouge. It's our prayer that this podcast will be life-changing for you and that you will share it with someone else. Now, here is Pastor Rob. That brought us salvation. Yes. We love you today. We love thank you, Lord. We thank you for the blood of Jesus that yes. washes us. Yes. And makes us whole. Yes, yes, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Somebody will come around and pick up those cups for you. While you're standing, would you just get your Bible out? We're going to go over the scripture for today. We're starting a new series. What's love got to do with it? Yes. Today we're coming from the book of John, 19, chapter 28 through 30th verse. John 19, chapter 28 through 30th. And the scripture reads as such, after this, somebody say after this. After after this. this. Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. I thirst. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there, and they filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on hyssop, and put it to his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. Yes, yes. And bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Yes. Father God, we thank you right now for your word, God. As we dig into it today, Lord, we pray, God, that you'll give us understanding. God, make us ever so aware of your spirit today. Yes, Lord. Teach us. Teach us, Lord. What it means to thirst. Yes. We love you today, God. We love you, Lord. Show us your understanding of love. We are open. Yes, Lord. We're listening. Children are quiet, the phones are silent as we lean in to your word. Help me to decrease so you can increase in this place. Your son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Look at somebody and say, Don't get caught in the thirst trap. You may take your seats. Amen, amen. The kids are dismissed. And we got dismissed the kids. How's everybody doing? I just want to say happy birthday to my uncle. Birthday, my baby. Oh, oh, oh. Cool. 
while we look at them so differently, why they get so confused. And now everyone's speculating on how things got so ruined. Are y'all following me? Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. A contrast is a state of being strikingly different from something else in relationship or close association. Now I have to confess that maybe this is some, some of the major issues in relationships these days. I know, I know what you read. I know you read the book. How many of you have read the book? Men are from Mars and women are from Venus. Anybody read that book? Like you heard of the book. How many of you heard of it? Maybe that's the problem. I should have read the book. <laughs> because women are from Venus, men are from Mars, because we see things totally different and we understand things totally different. It's the contrast. We see things differently from each other. Right? Right, right. We supposedly speak different languages. So he misunderstood and doesn't really get what she's saying, and she really doesn't get him. And maybe that's the that's true, but what you just decided was you just don't care anymore. I don't care if she gets me. And I don't really care if he gets me. Maybe we just decided that. Maybe I, I just am tired of trying to be understood. And I'm at the point where I don't care. You decided we were just not going to budge anymore. Could that be the, the, the issue for many of us? I just decided I'm going to dig my roots in and, and on this hill and die on it. And the other half has decided the same. So you both decided you're going to die on two different hills. So something has got to give. And the issue in me won't be fixed by another you. Because the issue is really in me. And even though I'm thinking that maybe you are the problem, the problem may just be. Are y'all following me? Yes. Because it's going to be a long sermon if y'all ain't with me right now. It's going to be a long message. I'm trying to get you to the Super Bowl. Something's got to give. And the issue in me won't be fixed with another you. The problem is I need a better understanding of me. And I'm so selfish and mean. And I really want what I want. <laughs> and I really, really just want you to do what I want you to do. And you won't listen. <laughs> I dare you don't follow me. <laughs> I'm controlling and we will get a lot we will get along so much better if you would just do what I want you to do when I want you to do it if you would just say the things I want you to say you won't comfort me the way I want to be comforted because you don't know how to comfort me alright oh just comfort me the way I want you to yes 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 like to be hugged that way, hugged me from the side. 
And then many of us didn't study what love was. First yeah. Corinthians 13, chapter 4, verse. It says this says love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy, love does not parade itself, is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures yeah, yeah. all things. Love never fails, but whether there's prophecies, whether they fail, whether they are tongues, whether they cease, whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away, for we know in part, and we are prophecy in part, but when that which is perfect has come, then which is part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child, but when I became a man, oh, yes. I put away childish things. For now I see in the mirror dimly, but when face to face, now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now I abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is Is that your definition of love? I dare to say that that's not our definition love. If we contrast the under, our understanding of love to God's, will it add up? I mean, we are in the month of February, the love month. Go ahead and say, the love for many of us, we have always been with somebody and still have no clue what love is. We just need to be with somebody. So this month, I want to show the contrast between God's love and our love through our music. So the first song I want to focus on today is for all the 70 babies. Y'all ready? It's really good to see you. That's good. That's You know, I sit back to my bench. The way I used to be. The way I used to be. The way I used to be. I sit back to my bench. I sit back to my bench. I sit Taste the teardrops stay. 
Uh-huh. Oh, uh-huh. 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 All right, all right, all right. <laughs> so some of y'all was, um, some of y'all was um, created to that song. All right, all right. But let's talk about it because the song is deep. It says, no, 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 look at this. John 3.16 says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But the song says, I used to love them and leave them. Now, this is a song that we grew up to. This is a song that we listened to over and over again. And so our mindset of love was, uh, was grown on this song. And the song says, I used to love them and leave them. So, 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 love for us, it starts with loving them and then leaving them. I love them and leave them. I can love them and leave them. So, our idea of love is something that's short term. It's something that's short term. I can love and leave and like that. Yeah. Yeah. I love has become short-term. And God says, I love the world that he gave me something that was perfect. And whoever believes on him should not perish, but have something that is eternal. Eternal. We give a ring that simulates, that says it's an eternal thing. The ring, the circle is eternal. But we don't mean it. We don't mean it. Because our idea of love is something that is so short term that I can love you and leave you. That's not love. Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. But the song says, it's it's pain before pleasure. And not only does he say it's pain before pleasure, but he says, that was my claim to fame. It's my claim to fame that people know me for this. It's crazy because that's exactly the way it is. I know women that have, that that they go for the one that's going to cause them pain. for the one it's going to cause them pain that's what they want because they seem to believe that love causes pain Ephesians 2 4 and 5 says but God being rich in mercy because of his great love which he loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved. He says, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love which he had for us, even when we were dead in our trespasses. When we weren't thinking about him, he was thinking about us. When we were, when we were dead in our sins, when we were already dead in our sins, he was already making a way for our way for salvation. He wasn't trying to wait until we got right. To fall in love with us. He was already in love with us. 
song says that his love started with a tendency to use and abuse us. The writer of the song says that his love started with a tendency to use and abuse the object of his love. And we wonder why our love is so messed up. This is what we studied. We studied this song as we grew up to understand how to love. And we don't understand why we don't understand what love is. How we can't be patient, kind, faithful, honest. He starts off the song with saying he changed because of this person. I'm not the man I used to be. But then at the end of the song, he ends off in somebody else's arms. I know you belong to someone else now. But hold me like you used to. These are the examples we grew up with about love. We wonder why we can't be faithful and talk to each other with kindness because we've been pre-programmed to not truly understand love. Not godly love. The truth is, we are speaking two two totally different languages between God's love and what we consider love. God says, I want men, men, I want you to love your wife as Christ loved the church. And you saying, I love her, God. I used to love and leave her. And God says, I want you to love her as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. And you're like, I love her. Do we understand what we're saying here? Do we get it? And the truth is, what we think is love is really lust. And, And see, I'd rather you just be honest and say, God, I don't really love her, but I lust her. Mm-hmm. I can work with honesty. God can work with honesty. Mm-hmm. We can deal with that. We can pray on that. We can deal with that. But it's so hard to deal with somebody and say, I love her. Mm-hmm. I love him. Mm-hmm. Lust is the basic definition. The best definition of lust is having a self-absorbed desire for an object or a person or an experience. It's what really is. It's all about me. You see, love is about them. Lust is about me. Love is about them. Lust is about me. Amen. And I'm saying it in young people terms. Basically, you thirsty. <laughs> yes, indeed. Thirsty. <laughs> That's good. Thirsty. 
Bible it talks about being thirsty. If you have a problem with the word thirsty, we can talk about it later. It's the basic same thing as lust. self-absorbed desire for an object, a person, or an experience. Mm. And the first thing I want to talk to you today about is Jesus and our thirst. Jesus and our thirst. John 7, chapter 37, verse 39, it says, On the last day, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirst, Hmm. Let him come to me and drink. He says, he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. Now check this, at at the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles. I had the opportunity to go to Israel during the Feast of Tabernacles, which was amazing because the Feast of Tabernacles um, is, is the time during, uh, the feast was during the same, the same time during the time uh, where they were in in the wilderness for 40 days. And during that time, 40 years, and during that time, um, God took care of them. Right? So the Feast of Tabernacles is seven days where they honor that time right? that God took care of them. So I had the opportunity to be there for that seven days that they had the Feast of Tabernacles. And what they do is they eat outside. They pretty much spend seven days outside. They build tents outside of their homes, um, everywhere, and they just eat outside. Some people sleep outside. They just sleep outside under the stars. Um, or some people just eat outside. Depending on what they, how, how um, orthodox they are, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so it's a really cool time, and we get an opportunity this year when we go to Israel to go to the Feast of Tabernacles. Um, those that are going, me, uh, Pastor Minga, uh, Ivana, and Elizabeth, who keeps telling me all the time that she ain't going. She don't know if she's going, but she's going. Uh, penalty of death, <laughs> right? But she's going. Um, so we had an opportunity to go to Feast of Tabernacles, which is a, a, a really amazing thing. Um, but over the years, one particular ceremony that during the Feast of Tabernacles, um, which is tradition, is during the feast each day of the morning, the priest will lead a procession to draw waters out of the pool of Shalom. Hmm. And so he would take the waters out of a gold, take the water, and he would put it in a golden, a golden um, pitcher. And after drawing the water, he would return to the temple, fill the, fill the worshipers. During the priest, he would ascend to the altar with the pitcher. And the worshipers would sing Isaiah 12th chapter, third verse. And with, draw, with joy, you shall draw waters from the wells of salvation. On the last and greatest day, trumpeters blasted as the priests filled the water and drink offering to the, into the altar. This day serves to the commemorate Start to commemorate God's miracle of water from the rock given to the thirsty. The day that Moses strikes the rock, right? It commemorates that day given to the thirsty Israelites. 
It's at this point that Jesus stood up and screamed, if any man thirsts, let him come to me. During the ceremony, reminding people how God satisfies their greatest physical need, which was thirst. It's at that moment that he says, if you're thirsty, then come to me. It's at that moment that we all realize that if we have thirst, then we come to him. Hmm. We don't go to other people to fulfill thirst because they can never fulfill it. No matter what they do, no matter what they say, no matter what they think, they can never fulfill your longing for companionship. See, we keep going to people to think that they can fulfill what's longing in us. And what we find out is they can't. So we hold them to a standard that they can't hold it's impossible for them to hold the spot of Jesus in our lives. Amen. Amen. They can never be God. Right. Mm-mm. So you're mad. Yes, indeed. And you're wondering why they can't satisfy you. It's because they can't feel the spot that's missing. That's right. That's right. That's good. You want them to be God. Truly, the problem is, you want them to fill the spot of God. You're thinking you just want them to be your husband. And it's really not the truth. You don't want them to be your husband. Because they can only fulfill that. Right. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. That's all I got for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to throw a dirty underwear on the ground. <laughs> I'm going to make a mess. <laughs> right? I'm just, that's it. <laughs> See me in all my glory. <laughs> but, but, if, but if you want me to be God, we got a problem. Because I can't even feel that. If you want her to be your wife, that's great. She can do that. But if you want her to hold the spot of Jesus, and fulfill all your begging needs. Mm. And you want her to be emotionally available for you 100% of the time. Mm. It ain't gonna happen, buddy. (laughs) It just ain't gonna happen because she cannot be God for you. Oh. Jesus says, I will fulfill your greatest spiritual needs. Yeah. Right. So, so uh, we go on in Matthew 5, chapter 6, verse. Jesus says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst, thirst for righteousness, yes, for they will be satisfied. That's oh, right. he does not say, he does not say, not. blessed are those who hunger and thirst for sex, because they will be satisfied. Yes, I promise you. Those who hunger and thirst for physical needs will never be satisfied. Yes, it is impossible because the more I get, the more I want. Yes. It's impossible for me to be satisfied the more money I get, the more I want. It don't matter. The most money I've ever had, I realized I didn't have enough. Because I wanted more stuff. Yes, Right? The more money I had, I realized I wanted more stuff. And the more money I had, the faster it left. Right? Right? It just never was enough. It never was enough. Any physical thing that I've had a lot of, it still never was enough. You understand 
what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and I never had enough of spiritual stuff because I never really saw it. Hmm. That's good. He says, if you hunger and thirst for righteousness, then you'll be saved. It's not my righteousness. That's the problem. See, many of us are searching for righteousness that we could never attain. And the problem is this. You will never get it because it's not your righteousness. It is his. Come on, Pastor. That's why he tells us in Ephesians to put on the breastplate of righteousness. It's not ours. We're putting on Christ's righteousness. We're putting on Christ's righteousness. Because our righteousness is like filthy rags. Amen. It's just dirty. The more I think I'm doing good, the more I'm doing bad. The more think, the more things I think I know, the more pride slips in. The more good I think I'm doing, the more my, my, my mouth starts running. Right? And so so it's never about me. It's all about Christ. Right? It's put on Christ's righteousness. Not ours. See, this is the thirst trap. This is a thirst trap. The thirstier I am, the more in the trap I get in. <laughs> the more I want more of sex, people's uh, 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 approval, the more I want the accolades, the more of the trap I fall into. You see what I'm saying? Because then I don't give God any room to move in my life. Because I'm so enthroned in what I want people to see about me. That God has never had the opportunity to say, well, well, I'm well pleased in you, my son. Oh, my daughter, I'm so well pleased in you. Because I kind of got all these, these benefits already because I was looking and fishing. I was so thirsty for all the accolades from people. I was so thirsty for people to tell me how good I was. How good of a speaker you are. Oh, how handsome you are. Oh, you're so sexy, Robin. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's good, Pastor. Throw that out there. That's good. That's good. So we got yes, all these things coming in at us. That's good. And then we're not catching what God is putting out. Right. Right. Because we're catching all this stuff that people are saying to us. Right? right. So, so, so God is saying, I want to send you love. I want to send you the right person in your way, the one that I want you to have. But you're so thirsty. And so, and so thirst will make you drink in hot dogs. I will have them clean water sitting out in their bowl. I was talking to a minute about this today. Well, the other day. And I was like, I just put clean water out for these dogs. Nice water, too. Got water right out the little, the filter and everything. I ain't even go to the sink to get them the water. I got the good water out the filter. And out the, I mean, it's good water. I drink that water. And I put it down on the floor, and they looked at me like I did something that stank. And they went right outside and drunk the dirty water right out the um, nasty thing with grass and all kinds of stuff. I was really upset. I'm going to tell you, I was offended. My dogs offended me. 
could they do something so nasty? Mm -hmm. My wife said, they're dogs. They're dogs. Mm -hmm. I said, that don't make any difference. Mm -hmm. They're dogs. <laughs> they should know better. <laughs> right? I said, they're maxis. They should know better. <laughs> and, um, so, so, but it, it makes me think. When you're thirsty, you'll drink anything. Yes, indeed. When you're thirsty, you'll fall for anything. Sure will. When you're thirsty, you'll lay with anything. That's right. Oh, I just wanted some comfort. Yes, Would you indeed. lay with me? You don't even look right. Hey. I don't care. <laughs> How many times have we laid with something yeah. that don't look right, smell right, act right? Because we wanted comfort. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good, Pastor. Yes, indeed. Jesus said, Oh, that's the truth. <laughs> Jesus said, oh, 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 oh. Look. Um. He said, If you're hungry and thirsty, mm -hmm. come to me. Yes. That's right. And I'll fulfill your thirst. So when it's time, I'll send you somebody that you ain't going to be thirsty for. That's all right. Thank you, Jesus. So when I send you somebody, you ain't thirsty for them. You ain't going to fall for them crazy. That's right. That's right. Oh, I love to get to the place where I just want you, but I don't need you. Y'all follow me? Yeah. Yeah. You ever have somebody come in your life where you just want them, but you don't need them? Yeah. That's a good place to be. Show sure them. Right? Sure I just will. want to spend time with you, but I don't need you. That's right. That's right. I don't need your money. That's right. I don't right. need your time. Yeah. I don't need your yeah. nothing. I don't need your yeah. call. Yeah. I don't need nothing. Yeah. I just want to spend time with you. And, yeah. and you know, as long as you don't interfere with what I got going on with That's you. That's right. And you better have a relationship with yourself. That's right. That's all right, Pastor. That's good. Oh, I'm not falling in the thirst trap. Mm -hmm. Look at somebody say, no thirst trap for me. Oh, no thirst trap for me. No thirst trap for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, when you fall into the thirst trap, you fall into a place where they will love you and leave you. Sure Oh, the death do a part. Yes, indeed, Lord. That's right. My wife told me that a long time ago. She said... We go together. That's right. That's right. That's good. Zulu used to say, stop playing. If I go, you're going to climb in this casket with me. <laughs> stop playing. <laughs> Remember this, only a healed relationship with God. Salvation Christ can solve that problem. That's good, Pastor. Only a healed relationship with God. Your relationship with God will heal the spiritual thirst that you're longing for. Yes, it is. John, fourth chapter, 13 verse. Jesus meets a woman at the well. He says this to her. He says, Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. Mm -hmm. Whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him That's right. will never thirst. Never. Never. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Thank you, Jesus. See, no matter how hard we try, earthly things will never satisfy the natural human longing for God. We have inside of us a natural human longing for God. For relationship with him. 
for understanding of him. Writers from Augustine to C.S. Lewis have noted that human nature finds itself ultimately dissatisfied with material things. We seek kinds of water because we're trying to quench our spiritual thirst only a, but only a healed relationship with God, mm. a relationship where we are seeking God through salvation in Christ yes. and solve that problem. Yeah. Jesus says, this is the thirst that she really was seeking. Mm. The next thing he asked her was just funny because he talks to her about this thirst and he gets her curious and she says, yeah, I want this type of water. Give it to me so I'll never have to come here again. Give me this type of water that I'm never thirsting again. Please give it to me. And then the next thing he says, he talks to her about her relationships. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. That's good, Pastor. Yeah. Did you ever get that? Yeah. That's good. The next thing he says after he talks to her about her thirst is he says, well, well, if you want this type of water, tell me about your relationships. Tell me about the husband you got at home. He's not my husband. Yeah, you said that. Yeah, yeah, I know. I know. You got 18 of them. Come on, tell me about them. He goes into relationships because I know you've been thirsty for something that only I could give you. I had to come to Samaria to meet you. Right. Because you've been pulling at me for so long. Jesus. That's good, Pastor. You've been thirsty for so long. And only I could give you what you've been looking for. You've been looking for love in all the wrong places. But this relationship needs to be fixed first. And they can never fix what's broken inside of you. The only thing that they could do is continue to fix, to continue to break what's already been broken. The second thing that I want you to know today is Jesus thirsts for us. If you ever have the chance to visit the Chapel of Missionaries of Charity, you'll notice they have have mark of three characteristics simplicity, devotion and artistry however in every chapter the sisters have a huge crucifix with the words I thirst painted next to it these words are among the last words said by Jesus before dying on the cross and they act as a constant reminder to Mother Teresa about the Lord's love for each and every one of us. It was that love that kept him on the cross. Yes, indeed. He says that I can call legions of angels. Yeah. He says, I, I lay down my life. It was love that kept him there. Because he was because he was thinking about me and you, yes. even though we didn't deserve it. Yes. yes. It was his love for us. And I think about his thirst, his thirst for souls. Amen. His thirst for my soul, his thirst for your soul, mm. the thirst for souls that are out there. 
And I ask you today, do you have that thirst? Hmm. Do you have that thirst for those souls that are out there like Jesus did? Jesus. Yep. Are you thirsty to see people being saved yes. the way Jesus was? Mm-hmm. Yep. The way that he would walk through Samaria when people wouldn't. Man. To meet one woman who was thirsty. He was thirsty for souls. thirst for me and you. There's three things I want you to know about God's love and Derek can come back. The first is this. His love is steadfast. You see, our love is not. It's wavering. It gives in and gives out. The Bible says all paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his com- com- covenant and his testimonies. It is unrelenting. It does not give up on us. Steadfast means to remain fixed. Mm-hmm. His love is fixed on you. Thank you, Lord. His love doesn't see somebody else and then says, okay, I'm done with her. Mm-hmm. Let me go to somebody right. else. Mm-hmm. Right. His love doesn't see something else and says, oh, wow, and the, the Grass is greener on the other side. That's right. That's right. His love is big enough to cover you and you and you and you and you and you and you. His love is that big. Yes, indeed. The second thing is his love is sacrificial. His love is sacrificial. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes on him should not perish but have eternal life. And in this verse, he sets an example for whatever you truly love, you give to. Mm. You see, love is not something that just takes and takes and takes. Our love takes more than it gives. That's right. It requires so much from the object of our love. We say we love a person, but then we require them to give us. Mm. Instead of us giving to them. It's not love. The third thing is God's love is merciful. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It's a gift of God. We didn't deserve it. We deserve death, not fact. But he gave us grace. Because he loved us that much. He loved us before we first loved him. He cared for us when we didn't even know him. There's nothing we can do to repay him. Absolutely nothing we can do to pay him back. He just loves us. And we keep asking for somebody just to love us for us. But do you know that we serve a rejected God? A God that says, I just want to love you for you. 
but you don't want me. Yes, yes. Wow. I am trying to love you for you. You don't have to change. You don't have to be somebody else. You ain't got to fix your hair a certain way. You ain't got to do nothing except just be.